there. You are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and I am on this earth to help you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from miscarriage. It's definitely my calling. It wasn't all that long ago that I too suffered three miscarriages of my own and six years of infertility. And I really know how painful and lonely the journey can be. Over those six years, I developed some really solid tools for releasing the emotional pain of loss and for truly healing from the inside out. And I'm here to share them all with you so that you can feel like yourself again. So if you've had a miscarriage or experienced the loss that infertility brings, because there is a loss there too, you are in the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're taking the first step toward healing by joining me today. Let's get started. So let's dive into today's episode. If you listened to my last episode, I told the story of my first miscarriage, but there was something that I left out of the story. And it's something that I want to share with you today because it's pretty important for you to hear, in my opinion. It's the fact that I went back to work the very next day. And then I did it again after my second miscarriage. Some of you might be appalled and wondering why I did that, but I have since heard so many women tell me that they went back to work right away. Some even worked while they miscarried. I heard of a news anchor who went live, a doctor who saw patients, a musician who went on stage. I don't know why we do this to ourselves. Is it just that we feel so much responsibility to our workplaces or our craft that we will do anything for it? I don't think that's the whole story. Let me start by telling you this piece of my story and then we'll get into what I think is going on here. And even if you didn't go back to work right away, stay with me. This is still for you. So the morning after my miscarriage, I had an ultrasound scheduled. So it was already scheduled with the the doctor because I had been bleeding the day before. So I took the morning off work and I was pretty sure I had miscarried. But if you listen to my last episode, you'll know that I wasn't exactly sure as I had no pain and very little bleeding. So on the way home, from the ultrasound where the technician who really shouldn't have said something, anything, she did confirm that she wasn't seeing a fetus in my uterus. So I was pretty distraught. My boss was texting me on the way home, asking me to get on a conference call with him. And I By the way, he knew that I had been pregnant and I had already told him the night before that I was pretty sure I had a miscarriage and that I was taking the morning to go have this ultrasound. So I was pretty ticked that he would even ask me to attend a conference call. But at the same time, I felt this sense of responsibility that I should call him. I don't have any physical pain was what was going through my mind. And I felt okay, so maybe I have no reason to be at home. 
or maybe I have no reason to be off. So I called in. I found out that there had been a massive reorganization at work and I was being moved into a different job under another manager. So the next day I got up and I went to work under my new boss. So you might not have gone to work like I did, but I'm willing to bet that you did something that you felt an obligation to do when you weren't emotionally 100% ready. You went to a dinner party or a wedding, something, somewhere where you went and even though you, you felt like you were hiding a huge secret, somehow you had to put on a happy face even though you were pretty wrecked on the inside. Are you feeling me? Did you do something like that too? I hope you didn't, but if you did, I'm going to ask that question again. I don't know why we do this to ourselves. Why do we do this to ourselves? I think there are a whole bunch of surface reasons, reasons that you feel obligated to go to work or obligated to go to an event or some other responsible thing after, or for some, even while you miscarried. And it likely stems from one of these reasons. Number one, on the surface, you felt a huge sense of responsibility to your place of work or your family or whoever it was that you made a commitment to. But that to me is a a surface reason. Underneath of that, there are usually other, other truer reasons. So number two, deep down, You didn't believe that you deserve to care for or love yourself. Number three, you didn't believe you deserve to grieve. Or number four, you didn't believe that you deserve to heal. For me, it was a bit of all three, but a lot of it was number four. So what can you do about it? Well, first of all, you might be thinking, no, that's not me. I'm grieving. I'm taking care of myself. I'm healing. But I want to challenge you to think about this. Some women do actually know how to take care of themselves and some do it after a loss. If you are one of those people, I commend you because it's a really hard thing to do. Fewer women truly believe that they deserve to grieve. Let me explain this. So they compare their loss to someone who was further along. I did this. I thought, well, you know, someone who had a stillborn or even a loss, you know, I had a friend who lost her baby at 14 and a half weeks. I lost mine at 11 and a half. So she must be that much more upset. She was showing. She had her first ultrasound. She'd heard the heartbeat. So I didn't feel like I fully deserved to grieve. I think society kind of contributes to that by, by suggesting even that we shouldn't be telling people about our pregnancies until we're past the first trimester so that we grieve in silence or we don't grieve at all. 
they, we know that they tell us this by, by saying the things like, at least, you know, you can get pregnant. At least you lost the baby early on. It could, it would have been much worse if it was later. We start to buy into those things after a while. It's hard not to. So that's the, the number three reason. And the number four, um, deep down, you didn't believe that you deserve to, to heal. I think the majority of women actually don't believe they deserve to heal or they don't know how. Society tells us to avoid pain. We've been told to avoid pain since we were little children. At least the majority of us have. As soon as we fall, I watch parents do it now. As soon as the baby falls or as soon as a toddler bumps her head, they're immediately like, oh, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. Because they want them to be okay. They don't want them to feel the pain. They they don't want them to cry. And when it comes to grief, we're even worse. Society says, keep yourself busy. Just keep yourself busy. Distract yourself. Take a sedative. Have a drink. Don't think about it. Society tells us to avoid feeling any pain. And if you've been doing that, if you've been pushing your pain away, numbing, avoiding it by staying busy, pretending that it's not there, you are not healing and you deserve to heal. So going back to what I said earlier, you might've allowed yourself to stay at home and spend the week in bed or, um, to mourn in some ways, but did you really allow yourself to grieve and to heal? So let's talk about how you can change this. Step one is to recognize where you're at. So really notice if you've brought into, if you've bought into any of these three beliefs, did you truly show yourself self-love? Think about what your self-talk is like. What, what are you telling yourself after your loss? Are you giving yourself permission to grieve or are you comparing your grief to someone who is further along and telling yourself that, that your grief should be less? Are you minimizing your grief? Are you buying into someone who's, who's moved on already? Maybe it's your husband even, or your partner who has, who's already seems to have dealt with it and you feel like you should also. So think about those things. Are you, are you giving your permission, yourself permission to grieve? Are you allowing yourself to heal or are you avoiding your pain? Are you staying busy? Are you numbing with network, Netflix, um, binges or, or sedatives or drinking? So that's step one, recognize where you're at. And I really encourage you to, to dig deep here. Don't allow yourself off the hook with a surface reason that you just felt obligated or responsible to your place of work or to your commitment, whatever it was that you made. Really think about whether you're buying into some of these other things, these other reasons why, um, these other reasons for like not healing or not grieving. 
So step number two is to actually change your mindset around that. So give your, yourself permission to grieve, to comfort yourself, to heal. I'm giving you permission to do all three. Grief after miscarriage is a very real kind of grief for a very real loss. It doesn't matter that you didn't know your baby, your body did, and your soul did. I didn't know how to comfort myself. I thought my friends and family were supposed to comfort me and they didn't know how. And I had to learn the hard way that comfort was actually within myself. And part of being able to do that was recognizing, was recognizing the above that I didn't know how, and I wasn't giving myself permission to grieve and I wasn't giving myself permission to heal. I also obviously avoided pain. I went back to work. I kept myself busy and I didn't recognize, I didn't, I wasn't willing to recognize that I was in grief. So I also needed to change my mindset about that and about healing. So that's step number two, give yourself permission to grieve, to comfort yourself and to heal. Step number three, Once you recognize where you're at and then give yourself that permission, you can start to get to work on actually doing doing that, actually grieving, actually comforting yourself, healing yourself. So today I have something special for you. I recorded a special meditation for you to help you comfort and support yourself. So here's why meditation works to actually help you start grieving or start recognizing it that you need to grieve to start healing, start that process. When you distract yourself, when you keep yourself busy or you numb using Netflix, alcohol, drugs, prescription, or otherwise eating, whatever is your vice, you're just covering up your pain. And that is not the same as comforting yourself and truly loving yourself or healing yourself. So I'm just actually finishing Brene Brown's book called Braving the Wilderness. I don't know if you've heard of Brene Brown. This is a bit of a side note, but I love her work. I've read, I think this is my fourth book of hers. Um, So it's called Brene Brown. uh, Sorry, it's by Brene Brown and it's called Braving the Wilderness. I'm going to put a link to that in my show notes, just in case you want to read it as well. So in the book, she references a story that I think is quite profound. It's a story by Pema Chodron, who talks about pain being everywhere. I take that to mean triggers are everywhere. And you probably realize this already. People are triggering triggering you all the time with what they say, with what they do. It's on social media. It's It's all over. There are triggers after you've had a loss. They're all over anyways, even if you haven't had a loss, but, um, but they're particularly noticeable after a miscarriage. So we all walk around thinking if I could just get that person to stop saying things like at least it was early or have you thought about adoption or When are you going to have kids if they don't even know that you've had a miscarriage? There's all kinds of things that people say. And 
We all just want people to stop saying those things. If that other person would just stop triggering me and, and, and. If everyone would just stop triggering me, triggering my grief, I'll be fine. So that's actually, it's actually a mindset shift that you need because the world is not going to stop triggering you. It's, it's getting to the root of your trigger. That's really going to help. So the analogy that Pema Chodron uses is this. It's like a field of broken glass out there. You'll find broken glass everywhere. And you can try to cover up all the broken glass with leather so that you don't feel the pain on the soles of your feet. But it's almost like you have to cover up the world in leather. So the answer is, why not just cover your feet in leather instead? And what she meant by this was, Work on your own mind. When you heal yourself, you don't have to worry about the broken glass. Does that make sense? It kind of hit home for me. So I hope it did for you too. So back to the meditation. When you allow your body to be still and sit in the quiet instead of being busy, your mind and your heart can begin to heal. You begin to feel your emotions and feeling your emotions allows you to release them. You can begin to find comfort within yourself and begin to heal yourself, i.e. wrapping yourself in leather instead of expecting the world to say the right words to you. So the meditation that I recorded for you is all about comforting yourself. It's about allowing yourself to love yourself, to grieve, to heal yourself. And it's actually one that you can use at any time. Anytime you are feeling pain, it can be any kind of loss. It can be now after you've had a miscarriage or if you're experiencing infertility. That is also a loss, by the way, if you haven't heard me say that before. It could be the loss of a marriage or the loss of a pet, the loss of a job. It could be anything. And, and this meditation is, is comforting. It allows you to, to comfort yourself in the face of, of whatever the pain is that you're feeling. So I'll be guiding you in this meditation. I'll be guiding you through a really beautiful visualization that will allow you to feel wrapped up in the most loving embrace. And you can download it for free at sherryjohnson.ca slash 12. This is episode 12. Uh, that's how I've, um, that's how I've linked them. So you'll find that episode on my website in episode 12 in the show notes. It's sherryjohnson.ca slash 12. And I would really encourage you to, to try it out. And I love your feedback too. So drop me a DM or a comment on the website if, if you love it or hate it or would like to see something else. Okay, so to wrap up this episode, let me summarize. If you went back to work or you worked through your miscarriage or even just went to an event out of a feeling of obligation, 
deep down, you might be feeling like you don't deserve to love yourself, to grieve for your lost baby, or to heal yourself. So step one is to recognize where you're at. And I invite you to really dig deep on this. Get past the surface reason of just feeling a sense of responsibility towards your work. Step two is to shift your mindset and give yourself permission to comfort yourself, to heal yourself, to grieve. And step three is to actually get to work on doing that. And if you need some help doing that, again, my free meditation uh, slash guided visualization can help you do that. And you can get it at sherryjohnson.ca slash 12. So that's it for today. Next week is the week before Mother's Day here in Canada and in many other countries. I know it's not in the UK, but it is in the US and Australia, um, a number of other countries. And I know that this is a really hard day for those who are struggling with infertility or anyone who has had any kind of pregnancy loss. So I'm going to share some tips that I learned on how to get through that day with grace. It's going to be full of good stuff that you won't want to miss. Before you head out, I would be forever grateful if you left me a review on iTunes as that's going to help other women who are suffering from miscarriage or infertility to find this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode for you. In the meantime, make it a week of nurturing and healing for yourself. Bye for now.